The Only is Paramount Plus's newest soccer doc- documentary debuting on July 12th that documents the life of Brianna Scurry, directed by Anthony Cortese. So today I am joined by the director, Anthony Cortese, and Brianna Scurry herself, and we're going to talk about the documentary and what it meant to put it all together. So, Brianna, I'm going to start with you. Obviously, you're the protagonist of this entire story as it documents your life. Can you just kind of talk about what it was like not only to relive it, but to really dive deep into everything that happened with you and your soccer career and your post-playing career over the last 20, 25 years or so? Sure. I was so excited about the opportunity that they they chose me um, over at, at CBS and Paramount+. Plus. Uh, Pete was fantastic um, with with the way he was describing how he wanted to, to do this project. And I was totally on board and I knew it was going to be some difficult times for me because, you know, that's my story. It, it's, it's, it's blood, sweat and tears, literally, um, you know, fantastic triumphs, but also really deep depths, if you will, in my life. And I wanted to make sure I did justice and honor to all of it. And so I was really excited about the project, you know, able to get my story um, told in a, in a fantastic way that did it justice and, and honestly would honor my parents as well. They're no longer with us. And so I wanted something out there that would really tell my story uh, truthfully and with integrity. And, and the guys did a fantastic job with that. But it was, it, was, uh, it was difficult at times, but just because it's difficult doesn't mean you don't do it. Doesn't mean it's not gonna be amazing. And, and it turned out to be exactly that amazing. And Anthony, you and I were just talking about what it meant to kind of put this all together about Brianna's life. What inspired you to, to, to want to do a documentary and direct a documentary about someone that has uh, such an inspiring and, and frankly, wild life like Brianna's had? Well, I, these are the stories that need to be told, I think, sometimes. You know, we there's the world is flooded with soccer documentaries, but like soccer was really sort of just the starting point for us. You know, it was it was really about getting through some of the some of the tough times. We asked some tough questions in this in the doc too. You know, Bryce Bryce was uh, you know a renowned goalkeeper, one of the best footballers in the world, and and why a person that achieved that level of fame could still struggle the way that she did, you know, is is troubling. You know, so that was the important thing was like find you know looking at that stuff, and that's why two thirds of this film. We're, we're exploring that and exploring why, why, you know, we don't, we don't take care of everyone equally, you know? Brianna, the, like uh, Anthony just mentioned, pretty much two thirds of the film talks about the, the social issues in your life after your career. But I do want to talk yeah. about your soccer life because that's where everybody's going to recognize you. And obviously now you're doing uh, CONCACAF Women's Championship coverage with uh, Paramount yeah. Plus. But going back to the beginning of your life in the documentary, you talk about how when you're growing up in Minnesota, it never really occurred to you or really made a big impact in your mind that you were the only black girl at your school and on the sports teams. Mm-hmm. When did that kind of switch from you had that realization that there wasn't too much representation and you were kind of standing out? And in the end, you ended up being a role model for so many people. Um, it really didn't dawn on me. Um as far as my youth goes until I went home uh, after my mom passed away in, in January, 2015. And I was searching through her cedar chest of her keepsakes. And in that cedar chest, she had every single youth team photo that had, I had ever taken in a stack about this tall. And I remember looking at each of these photos and in every single team photo, I'm the only black girl on the team. 
and then the only black uh, girl on the boys team for the first photo and then all the girls teams and women's teams after that and so that's when I really realized it I always knew but you don't really know sometimes until you see it yourself and 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 for me going through my entire career um, as a youth athlete and then as a athlete uh, academically at school and then now professionally in the national team I just was doing my thing I was just chasing my dream down I was trying to get better at my at my chosen passion and whatever sport I was playing and I wasn't really thinking much about how people perceive me from the outside um, I was just more concerned and and trying to hone my skills on the inside and so seeing that visual, um, that those photos from my mom, that's when I really dawned on me. So it wasn't that long ago, to be honest. And so thinking about it more in depth with regards to how do I feel about it when I'm referring to the, the, the documentary and my book, uh, I really need to sit down and think about, about it. And so at the time when I was going through I was just trying to, to strive to be the best I could be. And I always wanted to be an Olympian since I was eight years old. So I, I continued on that path and, and was trying to do that as best as I could. And, and soccer just so happened to be the vehicle I did it in, but it wasn't necessarily the intended way. It just manifested itself in, in that manner. And, you know, being the only openly gay player as well on the team, uh, you know, I always felt like I was going to be authentic and, and have integrity and in who I was. And, and how I felt. And I, I realized that, you know, very recently from the documentary interviews that I was able to inspire, um, you know, my teammates to be who they are too. And so that's a very recent, um, you know, realization with regards to my sexual orientation. And then obviously, you know, I'm just intersectional. I, and I know that I'm a woman, I'm black, I'm gay. And I was just out there blazing my trail and I'm so happy that I was able to do that because so many people have come behind me since then. Now, Brian, I think what most people are going to know you for is pretty much the 1999 World Cup. Yeah. And sure. obviously, that's a historic moment, not just for soccer or women's soccer, really just sport in general here in the United States. But do you ever think about how different it could have been had Christine Lilly maybe not threw the ball at the line? Maybe you don't make the <laughs> save or maybe Brandy Chastain doesn't score. I feel like there were a lot of variables where it could have changed. Do you ever think about what happens if China does uh, China does not lose that World Cup, and in fact, it's the uh, U.S. that does? I try not to, but yes, I <laughs> thought about it quite a few times. I mean, honestly, especially the Christine Lilly header off the line, that ball was by me, and I remember distinctively, you know, thinking, "Oh God, you know, there it goes." And back then, it was sudden death goal, and so that game would have been over right then, and then the ball comes right back out, and thank thank goodness it didn't hit me on the way out. Uh, you know, and then Brandy bicycle kicks it from from the six yard box and out of bounds. And so at that moment, I felt we were destined to win that game. There's there's several moments I've had in my my sports career where I knew um, the outcome before it, it came, um, whether it was good or bad. And so in that instance, I knew. But, but you know, we wouldn't be talking that the women's soccer in particular wouldn't have had even the initial start. Um, to be amazing because that tournament required major attendance, which it got, but it also demanded that we win it. It would, it would have, and, and sadly, I hate to say that, but it would have been all for naught had we not won. And so the dramatic way in which we did um, helps. And the fact that our sport was literally the only ticket in town at the time, that time of year, in, you know, middle of July, the dog days of, of summer. 
And if we don't win that game, if we don't win that championship, the, the, the sport in the United States is, is definitely way further behind than it is now. And I don't know if a women's soccer league would have ever started. We wouldn't have necessarily had leverage for equal pay in, in time. Maybe we would have gotten there, but probably not. I mean, there's a lot of things that would have changed. So that was truly a pivotal game, that one game. On all those instances, Christine Lilly making the, the save off the line, me making my PK save, Brandy making her kick. I mean, all these things, um, you know, combined into creating this amazing wellspring of, of attention, support and um, destiny for the sport of soccer in this country and worldwide for women. Anthony, you talk about how the focus of the documentary is not on the sport and you kind of use it as a transition to talk about greater things. And for me, when I was watching it, that really stuck out was, Sure, the Women's World Cup win in 99 was a great moment, but here we are after that, and Brian is not getting the same coverage as a lot of her teammates. Yeah. That's yeah. fair to say that could have been because of her sexual orientation, her skin color, pretty much anything. Yeah. Was it hard to kind of make that jump going from sport into more general social issues, or was it really an easy transition given the, the present circumstances? Um, we had it cut differently at a certain point, but it became like when you're when you're editing. I'm not to get too in the weeds on like my craft, but like when when you're cutting something, you it's sort of like a sculpture. You just keep chipping away and chipping away at it until something makes sense. And um, we had a different scene following the '99 World Cup that was much more upbeat. And, but like we need we knew what the layout of our film was going to be, and and so no, it was not like it was it was we knew we had this great scene that sort of transitioned away from soccer in a way that, that made sense, but did we want to do that? And in the end, I think that the choice we made really works. I, I really, I feel like we sort of make that turn in a way that's appropriate. And it's, um, you know, it, it sort of uses the, the idea that you just mentioned of, of Brian not getting the coverage that she, that, um, that the other players did. There's a great moment that's actually in the film where um, Brian and, and her teammates are on Letterman. And now here she is. She just saved a, a penalty kick in the World Cup to get their team to get to the team to the point where they could win. And she's very like you have to look for her behind Letterman. They didn't even think to like put her at the front of the uh, the Brandy and Mia because they're the stars of the team. Sure, but like who's the third star of the team? She's right there. Why isn't she? Why isn't she right there next to Letterman as well? And like we saw them, we were just like, wow, this really is. This is. This is something, this is something real that was going on back then, you know, and, you know, that's not to cast aspersions on Letterman's people. I don't know if that, if they even thought about it, but like for me, man, it was like, wow, that's, that's pretty evident, you know? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f- are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com now brian i'm curious how you remember that post 99 kind of coverage that involved the entire team was it noticeable for you at the time that Maybe you weren't taking a front seat with the same uh, kind of players as uh, Mia Hamm or Brandy Chastain. Yeah, it was noticeable. And the interesting thing about it is a lot of the appearances that I did get um, after that by myself, for example, Jay Leno, Rosie O'Donnell, uh, Regis and Kathy Lee, all of them said 
the exact same thing. They said, we don't think that you got the accolades and the attention that you deserve for what you did. And we're, we were mad about it. And that's why you're literally on the show right now, because we want to talk to you and you alone. And in that, in that Letterman um, uh, clip, I remember that really well, actually. And I, we were shuffled. I was shuffled in among everyone else. And it was interesting because at the time I thought that it was because I was a defender and a goalkeeper as opposed to a yeah. goal scorer. Yeah. And then over time, I realized it wasn't about being a goalkeeper. So then what was it potentially? And I really didn't want it to be about my skin color or about my sexual orientation, but it, but it was, it ended up being that way. And it wasn't until, uh, you know, later on that I, I didn't want to believe that because I've always been very optimistic and very, uh, you know, driven to do what I want to do and, and try to get to where I want to go. And it turns out that I was, I was wrong. I was wrong about that. And it's, it was really sad. And you can totally, like, like you said, you can see it, you can see it in there. There was no, yeah. um, you know, effort to put me in front. Uh, I was just one of the other players, even though I did what I did with yeah. only myself yeah. <laughs> by myself, I, I did my job too. And it was interesting how that happened. And you, you captured that incredibly well, Anthony, with that, yeah. with that imagery. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, not, not to go too far down this road, but I think like, even if it was unintentional, let's say somebody just said it was a small room and you had a short period of time. I know how TV works sometimes, I think, but like sure. the fact that they didn't say, Bri, get up front, you know, the fact mm-hmm. that the omission is just as damning to me as, as, yep. as anything else. Absolutely. I want to take a little bit of a, a jump in the documentary. Cause for me, the most compelling thing to watch Brianna was your, your battle with depression and the, everything that kind of transpired with that. And I want to focus on one thing in particular without giving too much away from the documentary in regards to your uh, your World Cup and your Olympic medals and how uh, much of a role those played. What was it like not only to give them up, but eventually to get them back just because of everything that was going on, just to make ends meet? I don't want to go down too far into the rabbit hole about uh, your battle of depression, but just the entire sequence of losing them, getting them back. What is it like in those moments as someone who was at the pinnacle of her sport and then uh, fell so far? It was heart-wrenching. I mean, I battled with myself on one shoulder, the, the fairy that says, hey, you know, it's okay. You need to do this. Don't, don't feel like you're betraying anyone. You need to get this financial security under, underneath you because you keep falling through the crack. On the other hand, it's like, I can't do that. If I go and pawn this medal, these medals, I'm essentially pawning my parents. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, making them ashamed of me, even, even though, you know, my dad had passed already and my mom was still alive, but it's like, you know, look what you're doing to her. Like it was a battle in my mind that left and right, but I knew. So each step I'm going towards to do that, I am regretting it and I'm ashamed of it and I'm not wanting to do it. And so when I was driving my medals to the location in New York city, every exit I wanted to get off and go, go back home. And every exit, I, I had to fight to, to not turn my car off the road and go home because I knew I had to do it. And then it was just so devastating. And afterwards, I, I just sat in my car at the parking garage and cried and cried and cried and cried because I had basically given my dream away that it took me so many years to make that I wanted that medal since I was eight years old. And here I was giving it to complete strangers. 
and how how dare I? So I battled with the anger and the 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 frustration and being ashamed over it. And then when I met Krissa, and she asked me, "Where where are your medals?" And initially I lied and I said they're with my mom, and she's like, "Okay, let's go get them." And I was like, "Oh no." <laughs> Because no one, not a soul knew that I had done that. And she's like, where, let's go. Where are they? And then my heart is beating out of my chest and I'm starting to like sweat. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to tell her. Something in my, in my soul, in my body said, you can trust her, just tell her. And so I told her she had no judgment. She had no assumptions. She said, okay, here's what we're going to do. On Monday, I want you to call them, ask them what the payout is. When can you get them? And we're going. And that was it. And we went. And that's how I got them back. Wow. Anthony, you and I talked about what the hardest part of filming the song was. And you told me that it was that first day of interviewing with Brianna. Can you kind of talk about what it was like to sit down with her and kind of go through some of her darkest moments with her? Well, I mean, the because I was editing at the same time that we were shooting, the people in the room with her are great, um, our great producer Nils and our DP um, Kern. They sat down with Brian. They sort of had a look her in the eye while she was doing all that. I was doing it over, like we're speaking right now. So I mean, that doesn't mean. So I had the I had the comfort of turning off my camera and just weeping to myself, you know. But like they had to sit there and look at her, and she like bared her soul. And um, they did a great job of that. Um, but I think I think that uh, what was the question again? <laughs> the question was, I just wanted to know uh, kind of what it was like to to interview yeah. her for the first time and. Yeah. You're kind of the one that's revealing in the documentary or at least asking the questions, you and your team, just, you know, trying to find out more about her life, the things that we from the outside don't have the opportunity to see. So I was, yeah. I was curious what it was like. Was it challenging? Was it uh, more emotional? No, as you could well? just see, as you could just see with the way that she recounted that story of um, of the medals, like Bryson, first of all, she's just got a natural gift for telling story, telling her story. Um, you know, she's, you know, she's, very open about it and candid about it and and um so that may that's a dream you know like you're not pulling teeth trying to get the truth out of her because i think that for her and brian i don't want to speak for you but i think that it comes from a place of wanting other people that are maybe suffering in this world to hear your story and not you know not end up on that bridge like you did you know yeah. so i think and that was that was very evident immediately mm -hmm. um, like you, we really didn't have to struggle very hard to get her to open up to us because that's just the kind of person she is. She's a very, she's she's a hugger, as she says, right? I am a hugger. Yes, I am totally. <laughs> so, she, so she'll so she'll give you know she'll give you her story, you know, without much effort. And like then the then the real trick is to just sort of get to the heart of what you know what that truth of what she's saying is, and and uh, even that what you know for me it was just a, it was like a bounty of of treasures I, like i just had to find a way to get this thing down to a manageable time but like i could have made this thing four hours and it would have been great i would have been Brianna, you're a, i would have been oh, much of an go editor. ahead i'm sorry <laughs> but i would have been much of an editor if i made it four hours but I, you know. <laughs> well uh, brandon now you're fully removed from all of that you have your your family now you're investing in the washington spirit and you also released a memoir titled my greatest save did you find that writing that as well as this documentary are they therapeutic just to be able to kind of relive it and know how far you've come in your life? 
Absolutely. Absolutely therapeutic. I, I am so grateful and I feel so blessed that I'm on the other side of all those hurtful things and difficult things that I did. And, and now I can tell the story to help other people. And Anthony, you're exactly right. That's why I do the things the way I do them, because I want to tell the difficult parts too, so people can understand and feel like maybe I can, maybe I can recover from this situation, or maybe I can get through this difficult time, or maybe I can too have the dreams that I've always wanted to have because she did it. And it was hard at times and it was difficult and it wasn't all, you know, sunshine and lollipops. There were obstacles and, you know, holes and, and people coming, naysayers coming against me. Um, but you can still get there. And, and that's truly why I wanted to do this. It's been cathartic in a way that I couldn't possibly imagine. It really helped me um, go into, you know, the emotional uh, spaces that I probably wouldn't have healed myself or forgiven myself for if I hadn't gone through this process. And so now I'm coming out on the other end and I feel lighter as a human being just throughout my day in general, I am smiling. I am just excited. I am fit now. I, you know, lost 35 pounds since the beginning of the year. And, and part of that is because of this process, because I just want to reflect on the outside, what I feel on the inside now. And, and it truly has been, been because of this documentary process and, and the book as well. Now, uh, Brian, I'll wrap up with this. You just kind of touched on it. Do you ever see yourself as a role model to uh, young black girls, young, young gay people out there? Do you see yourself as someone that they can look up to now? Also uh, working with uh, CBS with their CONCACAF coverage. Are you someone that they can like look up to and say, you know what, if she's doing it, I can do it too? Absolutely. I, I felt representation has always been so rewarding of a thing that's come out of this. I didn't really think about it at the time. Like I said, I was just striving to do what I wanted to do and to be the best me I could be. And by doing that, because I'm intersectional, um, black woman playing a predominantly suburban white sport and I'm gay, I just really am the epitome of all these different things inside of one person. And so everybody can relate to what I have done and my book and my, my documentary clearly. And I'm just so excited to be able to be that role model for, for people. And that's really the, the best part of my legacy, in my opinion. And this book and this documentary will live on way after me and hopefully will inspire people for generations to come. And that's exactly what I want because I want to make sure that my life was well-lived, not just for myself, but also for my mom and dad. And so, yeah, that's exactly what I embrace and I love it. And it all comes together and ties together to try to inspire um, as many people in a good way as I can while I'm here. Well, that seems like a perfect place to wrap up. Uh, Anthony and Brian, I want to thank you both. The Only comes out on Paramount Plus on July 12th, obviously documenting Brianna Scurry's life as a goalkeeper and then as a role model for a number of reasons. So, Anthony, Brianna, thank you for doing this and have a great day. Thank you, Kyle. All right. Thank you, Anthony. Love you. Bye. Thank you. Bye.